This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Planning your next Disney vacation for the summer? Visit Undercover Tourist, the trusted name in theme park tickets. Get into the park you love for less. Save up to $82 per ticket to the Walt Disney World Resort. With a hotel or a car rental edition, you can save up to 30% off your order. Visit UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast for the lowest prices on all Walt Disney World Resort tickets. Plus, Undercover Tourist offers a 365-day refund guarantee. That's UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Up the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush. And how is everyone doing? You know, I feel like I'm surviving. Over the weekend, I was like, why am I getting so many headaches? Like, what's going on with me? I was feeling so dizzy. And like, if you guys hear any rattling in the background, it's Barbara playing with a toy that she doesn't touch unless I'm doing something like this. So... I'm dealing with that. But anyways, I was feeling like so weird and like almost like cold like symptoms. Uh, I forgot to take my Zoloft for several days and the withdrawal symptoms are gnarly. If you've never taken like Zoloft, Lexapro, something like that, like it's truly crazy like how quick (sighs) the withdrawal can be like with just in like a day and it causes you to feel like cold like symptoms and everything like that. So I was like, why am I super emotional? And so, yeah, so that was wild. And then yesterday I got, I went and got a drink with my mom and Ruby and we went and we, you know, sat in this like little, I I frequent this, like it's called Eight Degrees Play-Doh. It's in Detroit. And so my mom and I are sitting there and we're the only people in the rest, in the, in the place because outside, like all the tables were full and it was like super nice out. In walks my ex-boyfriend and his new girlfriend. And by new, I mean like just the girl he dated after me. And um, haven't seen them together yet in public. (laughs) Haven't seen him in public like ever. So I was like, motherfucker. Like, are you kidding me? And Ruby's like, 
what Ruby's never met him. So it's not like he's she's familiar with him at all. But she was like wagging her tail. And I was like, you fucking Judas traitor. <laughs> like, do not engage. And it was so stressful and it was so awkward. I was like, this is hell on earth. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if the Etsy Witch's protection spell that she cast on me is wearing off, but like shit seems to be going left. I need her to open up her shop again because I need to freak. I need to like hit that up. Okay. Um, I still, my voice still isn't a hundred percent. My mom did tell me though. She goes, you're less nasally. I was like, that's nice, mom. Thank you. I feel like she's the one writing these reviews. I feel like my mom is the one writing <laughs> these horrible reviews about my voice, giving me two stars, one star. I was like, thanks. Thanks, girl. Um, so for the podcast today, obviously, I'm going to talk about some Tink's tweets drama, Amber and Johnny, and then we're going to talk about Summer House, obviously. So we're kind of all over the place, but these are things that I've like have been really grabbing my attention over the last couple days, last week. So... Okay. Let me start with saying, if you don't know who Tinks is, Tinks is a TikToker. So she really got famous and popular in 2020, like during COVID lockdown. Like she would do a lot of like funny, like pop culture TikToks. And she would um, post a lot about like, quote unquote, like rich moms and like the rich mom starter pack. It was really funny content. I was never like a hardcore, like Tinks girly. I liked her. I liked following her. I thought at times there was like funny content, whatever. You know, I I really, but she has a very intense fan base. Like she's really capitalized on her TikTok fame. She now has a podcast. She's got a lot of followers on Instagram. She's been on the Today Show. She's been on Bethany's podcast, The Bitch Bible. She's been all over the place. And like, I have a really good friend of mine who's like obsessed with Tinks, like loves Tinks's advice because like she kind of comes off her brand now that she's like really like taking off is kind of like coming to everybody as like the big sis. And I mean, like her TikTok bio is like the oldest person on TikTok or something like that. So that's kind of the gist of who she is. I didn't really know much about her or her background until like all of this stuff came out. And I'm not one for like going back and digging up old tweets. Like that's not something that I like enjoy when people do it. I think it's like, I mean, of course I like, I'm glued to the fucking screen. Like I can't help myself, but like watch it all go down. But like, I'm never one that has like real big, you know, a hot take on like what's going on because people are also like, oh my God, I'm so over cancel culture. It's like, okay, well cancel culture, let's be real. It's not a thing. Like it, who has actually been canceled that has like done something? Anybody? Anybody? Crickets. You hear that? Those are crickets because it doesn't, it's not real. Like it's okay. Sure. They get like held accountable for their actions or they give a notes app apology. But like for the most part, they just like move on. Like if you think about it, I mean like Louis CK is like still performing. Um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. I feel like the only people that ever been like really truly canceled is the Sienna May girl from TikTok. But she kind of like took herself out of the equation. Like she wasn't even gonna like try to come back and like be a part of everything. I mean, Shane Dawson was quote unquote canceled. He's a famous YouTuber. He's still YouTubing. He still has a fan base. Like the only people that I really feel have ever been canceled are like Harvey Weinstein and like R. Kelly. 
Like, and those are like extreme circumstances. Like those are not based off old tweets. Okay. Those are like years and years of like sexual assault claims. So, and grooming. So that's a little different, but yeah, I just thought, I think it's funny when people are like, you know, I like don't really like cancel culture. It's like, okay, good. Because it's not a real thing. It doesn't really happen. So when people find old tweets, I do think sometimes people are like just looking for shit and that does kind of bug me. But when it comes to like things that have happened in the past, maybe two or three years, like for example, let's you let's use Stasi Schroeder as an example. Stasi Schroeder was saying pretty racist, ignorant statements on her podcast, and the thing about that is that it it also was so recent. Like this wasn't like someone dug up tweets from two thousand seven and was like, oh my god, at one point Stasi tweeted this. It's like. You know, she said this and she said all these things and did all these things in 2019. And when the reckoning happened in 2020, I mean, that was a year after. So it's like we I mean, come on. And she's not canceled. She got another book. She got another fucking book deal. Now, she could have maybe had a two book contract originally and they just were like, hey, we got to get this one out. I don't know. But I mean, come on. The woman's not canceled. She's a white woman on Instagram with three million followers. She'll be fine. So back to Tinks, the thing about the whole Tinks thing is that so there was the the tweets that resurfaced. Some of them were from like 10 years ago, maybe eight years ago. But then there was some tweets from like 2020 and they're tough. There's a lot of like fat shaming tweets like she called Kim Kardashian fat. And like that's just like not fucking nice. Like that's not something we should be doing. But I can – kind of understand not understand it because it's really nasty but like that was 10 years ago like uh, i'm like trying to give trying to give her a pass you know because like we all did shit like hello like all of us have done and said some fucked up shit i'm sure in our lives you know i know i have but then for me what really got me was the the tweets that she liked from like 2020, there was a lot of like Trump tweets. There was a lot of Republican tweets. There was a lot of uh, COVID denier vibes. And that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way because Tinks has always come across as someone who's very progressive and very liberal. She had Dr. Fauci on her Instagram. They did like an Instagram live together where they talked about I don't, you know, COVID for, I don't know. And so that part really gets me because it says to me that she just uses like the quote unquote, like maybe I'm not even saying this right, like the liberal progressive attitude to gain followers because no one's going to gain clout by like siding with Donald Trump. That's not going to fucking happen. You're not going to be on the Today Show. You're not going to be asked to go on podcasts, start your own shit, go to, you know, like fancy events by loving Donald Trump. Like that's that's not, I'm sorry, it's just facts. And so to me, I feel like she really tapped into this like, I'm going to be like a liberal woman on social media to gain followers and to be like this big sis, like, you know, help you through breakups and, you know, spread the word of like what should be going on in the world. But inside, that's really not who she was. And I think that that's where people feel the most betrayed. Because I think at this point with social media, like 
when old tweets come out, it's like a, a drop in the pan. Like, it's like, okay, like, whatever. I think people are sick of it, too. Like, they're sick of the fucking old tweets. They're sick of seeing it. Like, I think it just gets old. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe people are, like, fine with it and they don't care. And, you know, they're, like, really into it. I personally am over it. But when it comes to stuff like twenty, like in 2020, really, and then a year later after you tweet crazy shit, you're going to have Dr. Fauci on your Instagram, please. So that's where I have an issue. So this was all kind of coming out last week. Sophie Ross, she put out a Substack blog about the tweets. And she even said in her in her article that she wrote in her blog, she said, you know, I'm not one for canceling people. Like, I think like we need to hold accountability and like we need to like have conversations about all of this. Um, so and there was like light rumblings. And then all of a sudden Sophie wrote that and it kind of like spread everywhere. Tinks's comment section was blowing the fuck up. Like I was looking at her comments and I was like, oh Jesus. Like it was on Instagram and on TikTok. Like people were pissed and they were like, you know, are you going to like talk about this? So I'm going to read to you her statement that she put out yesterday, last night. And I'm going to let you guys take from it what you will, okay? She says, I always say if you're not cringing at yourself a year ago, you aren't growing. I'm more than cringing. I'm beyond embarrassed and I want to take accountability. Guys, I fucked up and I'm going to own it and be direct with you. I really need to be deliberate about what I what I wanted to say. So this wasn't just a reaction. About 10 years ago, I sent some truly nasty, mean, horrible tweets. I called people that I had never met fat, pathetic, and ugly. I even called Kim Kardashian fat, fat, which is ironic considering she is my number one idol and the person I look up to. When I read the tweets back, I am ashamed and embarrassed. They are mean-spirited and I am not mean-spirited, but I used to be. Let me tell you about the girl who wrote those tweets. I was 21 and deeply, deeply insecure. I hated myself and had a bad relationship with my body. I was also extremely lost. I've told you guys about that before about being so lost and wanting to find a passion and wanting to find my voice. So I tried on many hats. One of them was a mean tweeter to get a laugh. And that's not funny at all. Only insecure people punch down and only deeply insecure people try to make others the butt of the joke. Being mean is not funny. It's just plain mean. Hurt people hurt people. And I know my words caused hurt. If you've been following me for a little bit, you know that I'm not, they are not a representative of who I am. I am very sorry and I'm a work in progress. Now, if she was just addressing like the fat tweets, I would be like, that's a good apology. That's one that I can like sit with and like be like, okay, yeah. Like, I get it. We all did fucked up shit. I was a fucking raging maniac in 2016, okay? Like, 2016, I was, like, immensely unwell. We all do fucked up shit. We all say fucked up shit. That person that I was in 2016 is not the person that I am now. We all grow. We learn. Whatever. But, like, to me, it's just the blatant, like, not addressing the other stuff. Like, the... COVID denier stuff, the Trump stuff, the Republican stuff. Like she just didn't ever come off that way. And like I said, I think that that's where people feel the most like bamboozled, led astray, as Javrul says. So it like, yeah. Then of course, Justin Anderson has to chime in. Justin Anderson, if you guys aren't familiar, he's friends with Kristen Cavallari. He's the hairdresser guy. He owns that like DPU company or something. Um, and he's like always in everyone's shit. Like, if there's ever a controversy, like he's talking about it. 
Like, he's got things to say. So, of course, he comments. Because, I mean, the comment section is not really having this apology for the most part. So, he says, this comment section reminds me that people need to get off their phones and to stop putting social media personalities on a weird pedestal. You make some mistakes, TikTok lost their minds, and you apologize. We got bigger problems to deal with now, Instagram, rooting for your success and growth. And she commented back and put a heart. Now... The irony of telling someone who built their following off of people being on their phones to like, guys, just get off your phones. That doesn't make any fucking sense. And it's so dismissive of like how people are feeling like her fans, the people that invested in her, the people that built her up to who she is, who bought her merch, who did all of that. Like they have every right to be like, what the fuck is this? You had Dr. Fauci on your Instagram, but you're liking, you know, tweets about Donald Trump. Like it and COVID, like what? Like people have every right to be confused. And that's where I'm like, it's so gaslighty to me of being like, people just need to get off their phones. Okay, well, that's not the fucking reality, bitch. We're in 2022. We're not going to get off our phones. We live on our phones. It's the facts of life, unfortunately. And yeah, we do have bigger shit, Justin. What the fuck are you doing? You're reading the comments and now you're commenting and getting involved. I just hate that. Like, I hate that so much. It's such a fucking deflection. And for her to be like, heart, it's like, get the fuck out of here. That's where I'm like, seriously? Seriously? I mean, listen, I don't think people should be canceled, quote unquote. I don't think that's a real thing. But, you know, I do think she should have like addressed the other stuff. Maybe that's coming. I don't know. Maybe it will never be. Maybe it will never be discussed. And maybe she'll become a Tommy Lauren. I don't like, I don't know where this is going to go. But I do think it's important that people are able to like move on and, you know, grow and learn and all of that. But the problem with that is like, it's such a like sit, wait and watch type of situation. Like you hope that that's what's happening but you don't know for sure. It's like there's a loss of like trust. And I think that that's the problem, you know? And, you know, I don't know. We've all done fucked up shit, but it was just disappointing, I think, for people to see. Okay. Let's talk about another light subject, light and breezy, Amber and Johnny. I got to talk to the people out there. Um, Some people are being real weird, I got to (laughs) say. Some people are being a little weird. Um, Listen. I am a fan of Johnny Depp's. I find Johnny Depp, unfortunately, to be sexy. I can't help myself. It's who I am. With that said, people on the internet are being fucking weird about Johnny. The justice for Johnny, the like thirst. Like I saw a fucking tweet or TikTok, I'm sorry. So there's a text that he had to read aloud in court that he said to Amber saying, your throat isn't going to be the only thing used for injury. And people are like thirsting over it. Guys, we got to remember this is a case about domestic violence and this is a case about abuse, which is not a joke. And I don't think we should be taking the evidence that Amber has presented. I mean, there is like photographic evidence of her with bruises. So yeah, trigger warning. Sorry, guys. With bruises, there's, you know, her friends have like gotten involved. So there's 
And I get that people are like, they can't wrap their minds around like that Johnny would do this. And I'm like, really? You can't? The man is like best friends with Keith Richards. Like he was friends with Hunter S. Thompson. Like he wasn't this like, he's not this like shy, like introverted, like soft-spoken guy. Like he's a, a party animal maniac. And I think that they had an incredibly toxic relationship together. But nonetheless, this is an abuse case on from both ends of this fucking spectrum. I don't understand this like thirsting over him. I mean, granted, I did had to catch myself a couple times a couple times because I do watch the trial like every single night before I go to bed. Hack because he talks so fucking slow. I watch it at 1.5 speed on YouTube. <laughs> I watch it every single night. And um the like him mocking the lawyer like I get it it's like I get it like I get what people are saying but then at the same time I'm like guys like this no like we gotta chill out I think oh I don't know it's just getting kind of weird and for me what got really weird was Milani Cosmetics got involved because Amber claimed that she always had like a compact of theirs like in her purse and the Milani Cosmetics got on TikTok and like tried to disprove it and I'm like can can brands like not try to get engagement out of a case about abuse? Like it's kind of fucking weird. Like I don't know, it just doesn't sit right with me. And like I said, of course there have been moments where he's been on the stand and I say, "It's looking good." He's got the little ponytail, he's got the glasses. Like I get it. But like guys, Milani Cosmetics, chill the fuck out. Like I don't need you know, cover girl to make a statement. I don't need, you know, Bobby Brown to come out and be like, hey, I'm justice for Johnny. It's like, you guys got to calm down. This woman is like, you know, they're detailing her abuse. And I mean, the text messages are pretty damning to me. I don't know. And like, of course, like at first when this whole thing happened, I was like, oh, you know, like Johnny this, Johnny that. Like I was much more leaning towards him but i was kind of just on the spectrum of like this is just a really toxic situation that they both are in with each other and now i'm like now that i'm being shown like all these like thirst tiktoks over him and like the throat thing i'm like you guys gotta calm the fuck down seriously it's getting fucking weird and also this might be a hot take but i think that they are so obsessed with each other they have this like very toxic like romance and they always kind of did like from the very beginning like he was still with his ex at the time she was with in a relationship they met and like he was just like completely like obsessed with her and i feel like they have this just very toxic like attraction and i like wouldn't be surprised if they like got together after this and that might be so fucked of me to say but it's true like i genuinely am like sometimes they make eyes at each other and i'm like i don't know what's going on in this courtroom like they're i don't know it feels so weird and i get the defamation part because i think he's trying to prove like listen this was a toxic relationship that we were both in but like i just can't handle the thirst tiktoks like one or two i was like oh that's kind of like whatever and then now I'm seeing them all over and they're using like evidence that he's had to like talk about. I'm just like, no, no, no. This is like weird. It's getting weird, getting weird. I don't, I don't enjoy it at all. Okay. Now that that really light topic, we've, you know, we've talked about cancel culture. We've talked about domestic violence. You know, we like to keep it airy and breezy on this podcast. Um, 
let's talk, let's take a break. Let's, you know, maybe take a shot. Maybe smoke a cigarette after that. So sorry. I mean, I probably pissed a lot of people off. I don't even know. I, you know, I'm just trying to like, here's the thing about this podcast. I really just want to just like talk it out. Like I'm someone that's like, I'm just someone who likes to just like get it out, talk it out. I might not say the right things all the time. I might fuck up, but like there's like never any like malicious intent behind it. Like I'm really just trying to like work it out in my head and like figure it out as I go because. I mean, the notes I have for this podcast are very, very minimal. It's literally, I'm reading, it just says Stink Sweets, Amber and Johnny. Like, I'm really just trying to, like, figure it out. Figure it out. Anywho, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back, and let's talk about Summer House. This episode is sponsored by Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host reads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. The Dip has been using Podcorn for several months, and it couldn't be any easier to manage sponsorship opportunities. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. The Podcorn Marketplace's mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. Click the link in my show notes to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. You lead a busy life. The last thing you have time for is shopping, prepping, and cooking a healthy homemade meal. With Chef, enjoy authentic meals freshly prepared by the best local cooks in your community and delivered to your door. No prepping, no cooking, no subscription necessary. It's one less thing to worry about after a long day without sacrificing the quality of a homemade meal. Schedule your meals with a local cook at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags and the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99. Okay, guys, we are back and let's talk about Summer House. Uh, We pretty much picked up right where we left off last week where Kyle is just losing his fucking mind at the table. And the more that he really starts to like unravel, the more I kind of get it. Like, I feel like he takes on so much because Amanda is someone who just like sits back and just lets, lets it roll. Like she's very chill. And Kyle isn't. And I think when you're in a relationship with someone who's the complete opposite of you, it does work. I get how that works out. But when it comes to like finances and, you know, how you deal with your business, like you got to step up to the plate a little bit more. You got to meet him. You got to show up for him. Like, and it kind of bothered me how Amanda was sitting at the table with Paige and was just like, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I'm mortified. Like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, your future husband is literally having a fucking mental breakdown and you're embarrassed because like 
Danielle was even getting emotional talking to him. And I think everybody kind of had like a lot to drink. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm just like, that kind of weirded me out. I'm like, listen, I understand that he didn't handle himself the best, but he's under a lot of pressure with work and his job and, you know, making it successful. And, you know, I mean, he's running like basically a liquor startup company and that's not easy. And I don't know, just seeing how she was just like, yeah, I'm so embarrassed. I was like, well, maybe you should like go give him a hug. Like this man needs a fucking hug. Like truly. Kyle's someone I think that he's always at a hundred. Like he does everything at a hundred percent. He shows the fuck up. He shows out. He puts his, you know, like business hat on and with the wedding, like he's, he's wanted to get this planning going forever. Remember a couple seasons ago, but I think it was the season before COVID. He was like, Amanda's like not planning the wedding. Like, I don't know what's going on. She's like not planning it. Like we're not doing anything. Like he's the type of guy that's like, I want to get this going. And I feel like I get their attraction to one another. I mean, they're both stunningly beautiful people. Like Kyle is good looking. I met Kyle at BravoCon a couple of years ago, him and Carl were doing like a lover boy thing. And I mean, obviously like I, I didn't like say hi to him or anything. I saw him there. So, okay. So using the word met is like not what happened. I saw him. He's beautiful in real life. And Amanda is gorgeous. Her body is sick. The fact that she has those natural boobs, I'm sorry, like I get distracted. They're like little orbs and they're just like so beautiful and perfect. And then she's got these like skinny little arms. I'm like, you fucking bitch. And you know, she like doesn't work out. You know what I mean? She's like, I just like don't eat sugar. I'm like, okay, well, that's not doable for me. I was hoping that she was like, you know, I do like 500 squats a day. Like I was hoping something like that. But when she said, I, you know, don't eat sugar, I was like, all right, well, as someone who ate pizza at 10 a.m. this morning, that's not something I can deal with. Anyways. So yeah, I was kind of bothered by that. And, you know, Kyle, I just, I felt bad for both of them because they just don't meet each other in the middle. It's always Kyle, it seems, has to meet Amanda where she is. And that's exhausting to constantly be the one to bend and to constantly be the one to apologize and to constantly be that person. It's like, it's tiring. It's so exhausting. And you know what I thought of while I was watching this is obviously we all remember Bethany Frankel and Jason Hoppy. Okay. Bethany was the one like wound up, wound the fuck up, always at a hundred, you know, maniac. And then we had Jason who's like the nice guy, the quiet guy, the stable guy, the guy that just lets Bethany be Bethany. And he pulled the wool over our eyes. And I remember during her spinoff shows that she did, she would get upset because she's like, I'm always the crazy one. Like, I'm always the one that's like, oh, there's Bethany again. She's like, it gets old to be the to be told like, oh, you know, Jason's so nice. Like, Jason's the nice one. Jason's the, you know, but Jason's fucking up too behind the scenes. Like, Jason's, you know, always making Bethany come to him and apologize to him and like, you know, be like, oh, sorry, I'm crazy. And it's like, that's, that makes you fucking nuts. And I've been in a relationship like that before where I was dating someone 
who was like the nicest guy in the world. Everybody loved him. My mom always described him as someone who had no edges. Like he was just someone who like was just warm. And then there's me who like I can be warm, but like I'm not a, you know, naturally like super, I guess, warm person. I don't know. And he always made me feel crazy for having like big emotions or like being wound up about something or like, and that just like, it gets, you get resentful. So I'm starting to, and I'm not saying that Amanda is like, just like Jason Hoppy, like by any means, I don't think Amanda's like Jason Hoppy in that regard, in every regard, I mean, but I do see similarities with them where it's like, Kyle might get sick of being the one that's like always the crazy one. And I think that that is maybe where Lindsay comes from too, with relationships where she's always the one like doing the most. And the person on the other end's gotta give a little bit. Like Amanda's gotta bend and be like, okay, babe, like you don't worry about the florist. I got it. Don't even think about it. I can do it. That's what she's gotta do. And she's not doing it. And I think that that's unfortunate. What I really liked to see was the OG crew kind of standing by Kyle, like being the one to console him, being the one to like comfort him. And I'm not saying Kyle is like a perfect person literally by any means. He literally threw out at the table that Lindsay had a miscarriage, which she didn't seem phased, you know, but I did like seeing like Danielle and Lindsay and Carl were all kind of standing around him, like being there for him while he was sitting on someone's like unicorn. That was odd. And then, you know what really shocked me is that when everybody was like getting ready to go, Luke was signing the check. And I was a little shocked by this because I didn't think that they had to pay for these dinners. I thought Bravo paid for them. Is that dumb? I thought Bravo paid for this shit. I didn't know like Luke had to like put his credit card down and like have the cast Venmo him. Like that's, I just didn't think that that was like what happened. Maybe he just did that for the show. I don't know. But you know what, Luke? There is one thing Luke is going to do. It's make a fire. This man loves a log. He loves a dry, fat log that he can light up. Because, like, whenever there's, like, downtime in the house, he's like, guys, let's go outside. We got. I'm going to make a fire. I'm going to make a fire. Like, every time. <laughs> it's like, bro, relax. And so Kyle goes outside with Luke and Alex. Okay, I'm going to say something. Alex is a sweetheart. And I say this every week. He's just not made for television. I feel bad that I was so hard on him in the beginning of the season. I think because I just expected like so much of everybody in the house that I was like, he was going to show up. They never fuck up with casting except for in the beginning of the show when they had the Workus Circus twins and that little that little boy, Jordan. Oh, he was scary. So I feel bad, but like he's just a nice person. I think he's like way too like closed off maybe for a show like this. I did like seeing that towards the end of the episode, he was like a little bit more open. You know, I did like that. So Kyle's debriefing with the boys. Amanda is in bed with Paige and talking about Kyle. And she's like, unfortunately, this is like not out of character for Kyle to like snap like that. And it's like, oh, that's not good. Because I do think, like I said, he's always at 100. So when he's in a fight, like he's in a fucking fight. Like he's going to lash out. He's going to say mean shit. And that again, that gets old for Amanda to deal with. Like to constantly be on edge, like with your partner, like, you know, who might lash out at her friends. Like that's not fun for anybody. I would be stressed about that. (laughs) I would be very stressed because there's nothing worse than like bringing someone around your friends and like they say something so fucking stupid and you're just like, 
oh my god like shut up like it's not funny and then they get weird because then you're kind of weird and you're like not backing them up but you're like you're embarrassing and then they're like wow you're not on my side and you're like no i'm not you're acting up and i just want to talk about andrea our boy our baby boy our italian stallion our shining star he needs to be on every reality show ever made i don't understand this lexi thing he seems so upset about this and i'm talking like i'm like concerned like our man is down bad he's down bad like week after week day after day he's crying over lex he's got his sunglasses on he's tearing up like he's like really emotional and i'm like okay like i get being sad but like come on like pep up like at least figure it out. I just feel like there's other stuff going on with him. Like not just that. I feel like maybe like not being able to see his family in Italy is probably a huge part of it. Maybe it doesn't even have to do with Lexi. Maybe he's just fucking tired. Maybe he's exhausted because this house, I could never live in it. I could never be in summer house ever. I would be so tired. And I I get really, really bad anxiety when I drink, like not while I'm drinking, but the next day. I'm not well for like three days after. Like that's why I really don't drink anymore. Like I'll have like one one drink, maybe two. But yeah, wow. I so I mean I gotta cut him some slack. But the tears over Lexi, I'm just kind of like okay. Even Alex is like, can we not, man? He's like, this guy's my best friend in the house, and he's acting so stupid. He's acting so depressed. And so I like that Alex was like there to like be his friend and comfort him, and like that was sweet. Um, another thing I noticed is that they took a page from the Love Island book of the necklace mics. So when they all went to the beach, I did notice. Because at first I was like, why is Carl wearing that ugly fucking necklace? And then I was like, why is Alex wearing that ugly necklace? And then I looked at Andrea and I was like, oh, they all got these ugly necklaces on. Those are mics. <laughs> I was like, I was deeply concerned. I was like, what is going on here? Because it was like a thick black like, <laughs> like chain with like this big pendant or something on it and i was like it was like a choker i'm like what the fuck are you guys wearing um amanda in this bathing suit like guys i have such a girl crush on amanda like i think she's the most beautiful person ever like her and melissa gorga to me are like and then oh giselle kenya um oh sierra obviously is like gorgeous i think sonia is really beautiful dolores those are like the most beautiful women on bravo to me Stunning. And I'm just like, I can't imagine having that body. I can't imagine. And her and Kyle are just kind of acting like mm, nothing really happened. Like they're acting like something happened. But again, like he had to meet her halfway, not even halfway. Like he had to meet her where she's at and like just apologize. And I'm like, dude, I'd be so tired. <laughs> like I'm running this company and I have to apologize to you every day. <sighs> I'd be tired. Guys, relationships are hard. That's why I'm like not, I, I'm not good at them. I got to tell you, I'm really bad at relationships. I'm learning. I I have therapy on Wednesday and I whew, I got things to talk to her about because I'm learning like my cycle in relationships and how I'm actually better at dating than I am like being in a relationship with someone. And it's not like because I go out and like cheat. It's because I just like I shut down and freak out and immediately I'm like, okay, no, I can't do this. Like I pull away. I push them away. I'm just like, no, no, no. You're not getting close to this, girly. So yeah, I got to go to therapy on Wednesday. And then I also want to talk to Jamie Stein. He's the empath that I've had on before who's like incredible. He's incredible. Um, I got to talk to him because something is blocking me. And he said that before. 
He's actually said that to me multiple times. He's like, there's something blocking you. So I, I want to get to the root of that. Anyways. um, So they all go back to the house. They're all drinking. Lindsay and Carl, you guys, they're I'm loving it. I got a little tear in my eye. I really did. Like, they just make me so happy because they are like, they were the right person at the wrong time for so long. And I think with them, like him getting sober and being a consistent person in her life and showing up for her and she's able to like be with him through his journey, like really, really brought them so much closer. And they're so fucking cute. Like, seeing them together, like, I got, like, giddy. I was like, oh, my God. Like, they're so cute. And I love it because, like, we've been able to, like, watch their journey and see them, like, fall in love and, like, fall out of love and finger bang and stay friends. And I'm just like, oh, we've come such a long way. But I will say, do you ever, like, when you think of someone, there's, like, an, an object or something that, like, reminds you of that person? Or, like, you're like, if you were an animal, like, you would be this. When I think of Lindsay, I think she is two things. When I think of Lindsay, if she was a car, she would be a Jeep. When she rolls up in that Jeep, um, nothing has ever made more sense to me. A white Wrangler. Are you kidding? That is Lindsay Hubbard. It screams Florida. It screams good time girl. It screams I'm a fun time. But another thing that really stood out to me in this episode is those gel pens that she was using. Lindsay using neon colored gel pens from 1997. I was like, this tracks. This makes sense. This this all fits. You know, and she was writing that letter to Carlito. And they just are so cute and like they get each other's like sense of humor and like, you know, they're able to joke around about the finger bang and like they're both writing each other letters. And I was like, oh my God. Like I was getting like, I was getting like a little like my heart was kind of like racing a little. I was getting so excited. And she's just so fun and like funny to me, like the way that she's just able to like get through things and like make herself laugh. And her talking about this Ahmed situation, she's like, you know, I'm able to bounce back from these like situationships that she's in. She's able to like realize this isn't the guy for me, get the fuck out. Where I think before it really got to her, like if she was rejected or something like that, it probably triggered something in her like from her childhood, you know, like everything does. So I love seeing her in this space. Um, It's really cute. And then seeing everybody's prom dresses, like they all incorporated like like what they chose to wear is like who they are does that make sense i know that's like maybe stating the obvious but like when they all showed up in their different outfits i was like oh yeah yeah, yeah. it all it all like described their personality and then we got to meet luke's girl that he likes named nicole nicole uh yeah (laughs) yeah um i'm not gonna say anything about that uh, I would let me tell you something. I would be furious if I rode in or came in on the jitney or whatever the however the fuck she got to the Hamptons, and my boo was picking me up on a motorcycle, and I had to go film a show. Like someone was filming me take my helmet off. There is nothing more embarrassing than taking off a helmet and and putting one on. Because your face is scrunched and it's got like marks and your hair is a mess. I would be like, really, bitch? You're going to have rolled up in the Escalade with air conditioning? 
The motorcycle is how I'm going to make my debut. The motorcycle, me taking off a helmet is how I'm going to like make my television debut. Are you fucking kidding me? I would be like, seriously. And this is coming from someone who loves a motorcycle. I love motorcycles. They're so much fun. They're so sexy. Like I get it. I get it. But like this is, that's not how I would want to make my entrance. A national television. Taking off that helmet that squeezes your face like this. And taking it off, like, oh, my God, I would die. I would die. <laughs> I'd be like, Luke, I'm going to fucking kill you. But, yeah, so all of their outfits really encapsulated, like, who they were. When Lindsay said that that was the dress that she wore in high school, I was like, good for you, bitch. Because she's, like, 35 and can still fit in her dress. I am – I'm 12 years out of my high school reunion and <laughs> – well, let me tell you, I'm not I'm not fitting in it. I gotta say. So I was like, good for you, bitch. Like, and she looked hot. When she said that's what she wore to her junior prom, I was like, excuse me? I had the same reaction Robert did. Robert was like, wait, you wore that to prom? And she was like, yeah. And he was like, okay. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm sorry, what? Because it's like sheer. It's like completely mesh sheer. It only covers her nipples, like with flowers. It's the Halle Berry dress from the Oscars, which I was like, good for you, bitch. Like, because that dress was beautiful. It's one of my favorite Oscar looks. I liked Paige's little like suit outfit. I knew Amanda was going to wear a suit. Amanda loves a blazer. She loves a big shoulder. And I love that look on her. It reminds me of like when Kourtney Kardashian, like when all the girls wear like gowns and she wears like a tux. I think it's so cute. What was Sierra wearing? I honestly don't remember. And then Maya looked really beautiful. I thought she looked really cute. Danielle's dress was confusing to me. It had one. I don't, I just don't think I like yellow for outfits. I, Danielle did wear yellow to Amanda's wedding and she looked stunning, but I didn't like this outfit. It was like a short dress with a long sleeve. Only one of them was long and it was like, can, it was like lemon yellow. I didn't enjoy it. Carl's jacket with the spray paint. I was like, okay, girl. Like, it looked great from the front. It was very, like, business in the front, party in the back, which is very Carl. Kyle's was very Kyle, the, like, metallic suit with no shirt under it with, like, the Chippendales bow tie. Luke was in that, like, red tux. I was like, that fits. Andrea looked hot as fuck. Oh, and then Alex, he tried to make a joke. He said studs on studs. And they were like, mm, baby, no, no, no. Felt very fitting for him. Yeah, and then Craig showed up to surprise Paige. I thought that was so cute. That really, really surprised me. But I, like Sierra said in the confessional, she's like, poor Andrea. Like Craig's just get like just shitting all over him. Like he can't catch a fucking break. He cannot catch a break from this like Paige and Craig, Lexi love triangle mess. And Craig showed up and that was really cute. But I, I liked Paige's look. And I even liked the dress that she wore a second time. It was like kind of basic. It was just like a, a baby blue dress. Very cute. And I, I like Drunk Sierra. I would like Drunk Sierra to come out a little bit more often. She was giving me kind of the giggles when she was like crying when Paige came out. And Paige was like, don't cry. Like, it's okay. Everyone's at the party. I didn't realize it was going to be like this big party. Like, I had no fucking clue. I had no idea. 
But then, of course, Amanda and Kyle, they got to start talking about serious shit because she's on the phone with her mom. And then that prompts the whole prenup conversation again. And then they start fighting. And I'm like, oh, my God. (sighs) I'm like, can we not? But Kyle pissed me off because he brought it up and then was like upset that Amanda was upset. And she's like, "Okay, then don't bring it up right now. Because then he's like, why are you talking about this right now? It's like, well, you start talking about it. So, of course, that's where we leave off. But next next week is the finale. Very excited. I thought this week was the finale. I got to be completely honest with you. So when I watched the episode, I was like, oh, oh, wait, oh, okay. Because I thought this week we were getting prom and then the wedding. Like, I don't know why I thought that. That's what I thought. Yeah, that wedding looks really cute. I'm really excited for Carl and Lindsay because that's like when they really like decide that they're going to take the next step. And it's cute seeing them be so like giddy. And like she even said it on um, a podcast where she's like, we were like kids in high school for like the first like few months we were dating. Like we would just like cuddle on the couch and like watch movies and like hold hands. Like they were really, really sweet. And that was really cute. So I'm just really excited about that. And then of course the reunion, because I think it's going to be a good one, guys. Not like last year. Last year, last year was a little bit of a pile on for me in my opinion, but on Hannah. And that's just like never fun to watch. I don't care if you like the person or don't. It's kind of like really. So yeah, I mean, the podcast was kind of all over the place today. So sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. And please don't forget to subscribe to thedip.com and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. I mean, of course, anywhere where you listen to podcasts. I mean, don't say anything mean. If you have something mean, just slide in my DMs. I don't care. And make sure you follow me at Rob Australian on Instagram and at Take Your Zoloft on Twitter. And I will see you guys later this week. Bye. You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love. And the harm to you, too. Learn more at undo.org.